The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Hey everyone, Andrew here from the Poor Rapport and Foodies Watching Movies, and you are listening to the Best of the Week show, the only place you can listen to the highlights across all the shows on the network this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, don't believe fake news. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journey into Comics, episode 188. I am one of your hosts, Brando. Joining me here today, as always, the fantastic podfather himself, Nate Phillips. How you doing, sir? Dude, I'm doing fantastic today on this lovely, su- well, it's lovely Monday for those of you who are getting us at launch day. Good morning. It's Monday. It's first day at work. Hope you guys have a good one. Be safe on the roads today, wherever you're traveling. Uh, Brando, I'm doing fantastic. I'm currently recovering from my birthday weekend, which was pretty fruitful for me. Yeah, man. Happy short. birthday to you. The big old 3-1. Yeah, it's my lucky number inverted. Yeah, and so, okay, so now, now, okay, so, like, 30 is, like, this sort of built-up number. It's when we're aging and we're going through our our roaring 20s, if you will, when we get past our, the 20s are our first half, pa- is obviously past our teens. We know we're out of high school, and then we're you know, some of us go to college, or we get a job, or we start, you know, exploring the world and what we can do in it, and now... 30 hits and you stop to go oh yeah yeah I might want to get some of this responsibility thing down because then I'm going to be 40 and be one of those losers I always hear about (laughs) you know it's like yeah here's a you know you know here's Billy he's 40 and still lives with his mom (laughs) yeah you know it, it you know like we are such a limited lifespan species it's like what 40 year old living at home is going to get a date Uh, it's very difficult Uh, some of us are lucky some of us uh, have found some really awesome partners earlier on you know some earlier than most but once you hit that 30 man it's like okay i gotta get really serious about thinking about what's the next step in my evolution what's the next step in my family's evolution uh i gotta really actually start thinking towards retirement one day and think about getting that set up. 401k. Do I want to go? Um, do I want to go Roth or not? Um, the whole thing with uh, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm paying this much. You know, it, it, not barring any sort of major crisis with our country, security, social security may be gone by the time I'm there. So I need to think about the dude. And then it's like, oh crap! Uh, if you're a homeowner, wow, I've got to take care of my house. Oh crap! My house is falling apart around me. Hmm. Damn. Oh crap! I've got kids. I got to keep somebody alive for the next fifteen years at least. Man, you just went to a tangent of like all the dark spectrums of turning older, and I'm over here like I'm pretty sure thirty-one is the new twenty. So I'm doing spectacular. Well, today. no, Thank I'm you. not. No, no. There's <laughs> nothing dark about what I'm saying. I'm just saying that man. Once you hit thirty, is like it's almost like a slap in the face, a wake up call. Going, dude, you still have some fun, but you better like. It's time to hustle. Get, you need to get serious about some of this shit because next thing you know, you're going to be 40, and if you don't get in your ass in gear by then, then you're going to be working harder, and your body's going to be aching more, which I don't know about you, Nate, but once I hit 30, I started experiencing more 
more pain. It's like, what is this? And then, of course, I hit 30 and I can't stay up past 1030 anymore. Uh, it just I, I, I get to that 10 o'clock and I'm just like, yeah, I can go to bed right now. Well, I mean, effectively, uh, a couple children in my life do call me old Nate. And, you know, you think that's funny. And then you have a, a really terrible moment where you slip and fall in your kitchen and almost fucking break your leg to wake you up and be like, holy shit, I am old Nate. Like, I just fell for no reason. Like, I should have fucking had life alert. What the fuck? You know, like, luckily I was not alone. I spilled it on my fucking self, bro. Like, I I will seriously say this. I wish so sincerely I would have had my GoPro set up at the front door (laughs) to see the chaos that was me falling so epically. And losing it because it had to have been magnificent. It was terrible when it happened. And I'm still, oh, yeah. you know, not feeling the best. But, you know, moving away from that, dude, this birthday weekend was crazy. Like, what? First of all, I woke up for the first time in like four or five years in my home in Hoopston because I was visiting dad. Got to see him. That was nice. I left there, picked V up, I came home, and I got to do something that most people don't get to do. I interviewed a guy I'm friends with who also happens to be the lead singer of Iced Earth. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, pretty that fucking crazy. that episode went live on Friday on the good old 420s, and uh, Stu Block, thank you so much for uh, for linking up with Nate and doing that interview. It was awesome to get to meet you the couple times that we did on tour, and so awesome of you to, you know, to lend your time to us and, and, and you know, get to let our listeners and some of, you know, our followers get to know you a little bit, and hopefully we are able to spread the mighty gospel of Iced Earth. Goddamn right, man. Uh, so, you know, then... As soon as the podcast was done, it was like, well, we're going to dinner. I did not know where we were driving. Spoiler alert, when I say where we're dri- where I'm driving, because I'm the driver, I'm the one that drives the car, so they did not tell me where I was going. I'll let you oh, figure fun. that one out. So they finally go, okay, head to Merrillville, and I'm like, all right, cool. So we get together. And we go to Hibachi. And it's... Have you ever done, like, the Tapanyaki Hibachi before? Oh, like the dude, like... <laughs> he's, like, flipping the knife. fucking shit and everything. Flipping the cooks. stuff and doing all this stuff. And then, you know, he throws a knife, kills the dude next to him. Yeah, he doesn't mean to. He's like, oh, shit. That was not a part of the show. No, no. Like, like there's a little comedian bit where he's like, he don't work here no more. He's <laughs> 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 like... <laughs> but... So we we do this experience, man, and it was delicious and a blast overall. It was a lot of fun. We were seated with one other family, so it was the three of us and then one whole other family of people. So it was like the the mom and the dad, the daughter, the daughter's kid, and then her husband, and then us. And these people are like great people. We made friends with them really quickly and stuff. And they were super nice and pleasant and talking food and shit and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, overall, that was a good experience. I got free carrot cake. That was delicious in and of itself. I had fucking Kobe beef, medium rare with scallops, with fucking noodles. Oh, Mm -hmm. the noodles were next level. Uh, So the next day, though, is 420. It's a holiday. 
for those of you who don't know, it's a holiday. St. Fatty's Day. It is St. Fatty's Day, and I had a relaxing St. Fatty's Day. We have Andrew Yuhas uh, up visiting, and uh, we just got to kind of hang out with him and catch up and whatnot. Our bass player Rob came over after you and I had recorded a, a special for the Road to Infinity War, which Brandon, I'm pretty sure if we do this right, if we figure a way how to pull this off, Wednesday, the Infinity War road ends. Yeah, roadblock. Roadblock road at the end of the road. Thanos. One mighty Thanos just like, hey, fuckers, I'm here, you know? The uh, end. I'm super, super fucking hyped on that movie, but we'll get there in a minute. Because um, I forgot something. After Hibachi, we leave Hibachi. And Sarah and V are like, hey, we need to go to Target to pick up some butter for the cake. Because they're going to make me a cake. Spoiler alert. They still have not made the cake. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Procrastination. (laughs) Well, it's actually just been a mixture of procrastination. And we've had so many other foods recently and been like, I mean, we went and took Yuhas to the Albany Candies Factory. Albany's Candy Factory. I said that totally wrong. I said the Albany Candies. <laughs> <laughs> Albany's Candy Factory, folks. Sorry. Uh, we went there and we we got a lot of sweets. Spent way too much money, but I digress. Anyways, we're at Target. And they get like food and stuff and whatnot and like some toilet paper and paper towels and shit and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm going to go through, walk through the toys, because I'm trying to look for this 10-inch Thanos pop that's coming out that's a Target exclusive. So he's 10 inches as big as the life-size Groot that I have. And um, I'm like, you know, I'm going to walk over by the electronics and see what shit they've got there, too, because maybe they got Blu-rays. I know they got Last Jedi. I might pick it up. So walk over there and I immediately see Last Jedi. I start making a beeline and I hear hey, Nate come back over here. It's Veronica. I'm like, okay. And she's talking to this dude in a red shirt and I'm like, why is she talking to a Target guy? Is she going to drag me into a debate? Does this guy like podcasts? Like, where's this guy coming from? You know, is he about to stone cold stun me and like, walk out of here or some shit? I I done said I don't listen to those damn podcasts. Stop trying to sell me on them. And that's the bottom line. From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois, this is The Poor Report with your host, Andrew Poor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 34 of The Poor Report. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and I want to thank you for joining me here on what turns out to be a somber occasion. Now, for those of you who listened to my last episode, you'll remember that me talking about that Barbara Bush, uh, wife of former President George H.W. Bush and mother to President George W. Bush, at age 92, was no longer seeking further medical treatment, was just done. And basically the next day, or the day the episode dropped... Uh, She passed away from complications due to COPD and congestive heart failure. So, I decided to make my first profile, instead of being about Mark Zuckerberg or Paul Ryan or Michael Cohen, to be about 
Barbara Bush. And I found four articles that I think would kind of sum up at least some important stuff about her life. Barbara Bush uh, died at the age of 92. She was very much a woman of her time and place, which have since passed away, and lived the sort of life that the 21st century is ill-equipped to memorialize. But it was quite a life, one that left its mark on America, and more importantly to Mrs. Bush. On her family, and a life she ultimately left in peace, she was lady of the old school, but the sort who should not be mistaken for a shrinking violet. Strong-willed and sharp-tongued, nobody ever doubted that she was a formidable presence of her own. Barbara Pierce Bush was a distant relation of our famously unsuccessful 14th President Franklin Pierce. They were described from a common ancestor, and was raised as a conventional upper-crust wasp in Rye, New York, in Winchester County. In the years of Depression and War, she married George H.W. Bush on January 6, 1945, when he was still active in the wartime Navy but assigned to a training post after having been shot down over the Pacific. He was 20, she was 19, and they started a family immediately. After he graduated Yale, she followed him to Midland, Texas, a world away from their privileged New England upbringings, to share the hardships and risks together as he pursued his fortune in the oil business. They would ultimately make that fortune, but they would be trying times along the way. They lost a daughter at age three to cancer in 1953, a tragedy that left permanent mark on George, Barbara, and their oldest son, George W. Unlike her husband, who would always be a more skilled diplomat and organization man than a gladhander, Barbara raised two sons who would go on to considerable political success. Both George W. and Jeb would become two-term governors of traditionally Democratic states, and at this writing, neither state has gone back to the Democrats since. Overall, in her lifetime, the Bush family went 3-2 in Republican presidential primaries and 4-1 in national elections. Admirable record notwithstanding, its spectacular failures in 1992 and 2016, I met her once for a photo op in 1992 when the Bush campaign was adrift enough to send the First Lady to Massachusetts. As I noted on Twitter the other day, my last vivid memory of Barbara Bush is a photo of her dodgily pushing her walk through the snow of New Hampshire to campaign for Jeb's already doomed presidential bid. Political success was only one marker of the strong family that Mrs. Bush nurtured. That wasn't always easy to do, raising children with so many advantages they could have taken that could have taken them for granted, as George W. said in a convention speech in 2000. Growing up, she gave me love and lots of advice. I gave her white hair. Her generation was more reserved than ours, even to the end. The family statement the other day about her abandoning further medical treatment never explicitly said she was dying or how. Not that the former needed to be said out loud or the latter mattered much at the age of 92. Like most people in politics and in life, Mrs. Bush was human and fallible. Her acid wit and fierce loyalty to her family sometimes led her to insensitives, political gaffes, and misjudgments. She was out of step with demonstrative social conservatives and populist enthusiasms, but she always lived by the values of her time and her social class. Love of country, devotion to family, loyalty to those who are loyal in return, and obligation to public service. And as she approached the end, she was happy to tell anyone who would listen in her own dignified way that she was ready to move on to her eternal reward. And this was by uh, Dan McLaughlin, uh, a reporter for the National Review. Now, I bet you're wondering, as this article also mentions, why will we miss Barbara Bush? If you find yourself surprisingly sad about the passing of former First Lady and a bit nostalgic about her distinctive helmet of white hair and fake pearls, you're in good company. Many of us, more than a little teary-eyed about the death of a woman married for over seven decades, 
who scolded her kids for bragging, and devoted her entire adult life to her family and public service. It's not simply the loss of a person, but also the loss of a code of conduct for public officials that may account for the bipartisan outpouring of admiration and affection we now see. Do I have everybody's attention now? I am your host, Nate, and today I'm flying solo. This is my first singles match. This is the first attempt to see what can happen when the wheels fall off and Brandon is unavailable for the podcast. And actually, this is kind of a little extra that we're doing here. Uh, I just felt it was necessary to keep talking about some of the news and stuff that's been going on as of late because across the board there's a lot of stuff to really talk about in wrestling of course there was the superstar shakeup we've got the greatest royal rumble literally just around the corner this friday morning uh you know and um then there was there's a bunch of other news to be to be discussed and talked about uh so that's what i'm going to do today i don't know how long this will go i don't really have an agenda uh, ultimately, today, I'm here to bring you guys some wrestling stuff. We're not doing a random highlight. Brandon's not here to participate in that, so I would never, ever, ever, ever do that. Uh, trying to see where we should even start here today, and I think, I guess, this is probably pretty big news. Uh, right out of the gate, um, unfortunate to report. I'm sure all of you have already heard this. This is... Uh, coming out several days after the news broke that Bruno San Martino, unfortunately, has passed away at the age of 82. Um, the Hall of Famer, one of the lo- the literally the longest reigning champ in probably wrestling history, um, retired in 1987, born in 1935. Uh, crazy, he's actually he wasn't actually that tall. Uh, he's only five foot ten, anyways. So. Um, you know, it's it was it was kind of cool to have everything come full circle, get Bruno finally inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in a long time coming, and you know Triple H being the guy that really made that happen and put all the work in to really change the course of how wrestling um, has been in the past several years. You know, Triple H getting his hands in there has brought people like. Uh, you know, you've got your um, your Ultimate Warrior story and people like uh, DDP and Jake the Snake, guys who've just been out of touch for a while, you know, bring them back into the fold. And that's, uh, you know, a lot of the, actually, you know, almost all of the most recent, I mean, Kurt Angle, Jesus, uh, all these people have been acquisitions due in part to, to Triple H just having the wherewithal to know who needs to go into the Hall of Fame. And then ultimately, if those people can turn their, going into the Hall of Fame like Kurt Angle into an on-screen role where he becomes the GM for Monday Night Raw. And then let's just get down into that Monday Night Raw because we had the Superstar Shake-Up, and it definitely delivered. Uh, you know, I am very interested in knowing what Brando thinks about the Superstar Shake-Up, uh, but briefly here are some of my thoughts in regards to what just happened. Uh, we had several new superstars debut. I'm actually just going to go right down the list and list off people who debuted and kind of some stuff that happened with them. We obviously had Jinder Mahal debut on Monday Night Raw with the United States title, which he immediately dropped to Jeff Hardy. Okay, I like that. Okay, cool. That's Jeff needs to have a little title run. 
that's a cool thing to do. He's back in the fold now. Matt is definitely focused on this story with Bray Wyatt. You know, unfortunately, because of Jeff's injury, uh, the Broken Brothers never got to fully debut and do everything together um, because it was just like, might as well put Bray in this spot and see what happens. And we'll talk about that later as well. So next up we had... Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, showing up on Raw, and I loved that angle because they show up as a part of the Miztourage, and you're just like, holy fuck, this is a loaded stable packed with talent. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, and The Miz in one team. Holy fucking fuck. Wow. So, you know, uh... They, you know, Ms. TV announces that Sammy and Kevin have got raw contracts. And, you know, Kurt's like, no, you don't. You guys lost the match last week, which means you're not on the in the company. Sorry. And they're like, actually, Stephanie sent us an email. Did you not get the email, Kurt? I guess we'll have to read you the email. And then, of course, it says that due to their cunning and willingness to try anything and their hard work ethic and uh, how great of a match they had last week on Monday Night Raw, which is now two weeks ago at this point. Um, or wow, it's actually been three weeks ago at this point, uh, uh, you know, that they're awarded contracts to Raw. Kurt's like, okay, fine. You guys are on Raw. That's cool. Unfortunately, I can tell you for a fact that there's one person in that ring right now that's going to SmackDown. And that man is The Miz. And I was like, fuck yes. Put The Miz on SmackDown. That's awesome. Because now you've got Miz, DB, AJ, That those three... Now, in this current, I mean, there's a huge, bright, shining awesomeness coming from SmackDown, and we're going to get into that here in a little bit, too, also. Uh, another amazing debut uh, was Dolph Ziggler, um, you know, trying to get acquired by Titus Worldwide, um, which turned into a thrashing at the hands of Dolph Ziggler, and now de- re-debuting... Uh, former NXT champion, former Intercontinental champion, and also former one-time or two-time tag team champion Drew McIntyre debuts on Monday Night Raw um, as a part of uh, him and Dolph Ziggler little stable, the Chosen One or the Chosen Ones or whatever they're going to be. So it's pretty interesting because this packaging, you know, those two combined is really something, and especially with what happened this past week on Raw. I really like the the building of those two. Uh, next up, we had Natalia showing up on Raw, uh, acting like the best friend of Ronda Rousey. Um, of course, Natalia trained Ronda, so at some point you can have a student v teacher good guy v bad guy kind of storyline go on down the road somewhere where natalia goes you know what Rhonda? i can beat you because i taught you everything you know but i didn't teach you everything that i know and then you know maybe have natalia put one over on Rhonda. that's great storytelling and something that would definitely be unpredictable that's not where they're going right now we're going to get into that also in a bit um now this one was interesting because he didn't physically debut he just um, was announced. Um, Baron Corbin debuting on Monday Night Raw. Again, a video package announced it. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Actually, we'll, we'll talk about it soon. What's up with Baron Corbin here? This one I popped huge for because 
the glorious one, Bobby Roode, is now on Monday Night Raw. Raw is glorious. And I'm so excited. I feel like Bobby, hopefully if he doesn't get lost in the shuffle, which sometimes can happen to mid-card guys uh, or guys who are making their way up the chain, just there's a lot of shit going on right now, especially with Bork Lenzar at the, at the top of the food chain. Uh, you know, it seems like everybody on Raw is essentially vying for the Intercontinental Championship, uh, unless you're in the tag team division. Uh, speaking of tag team divisions, Chad Gable drafted to Monday Night Raw separate of his partner, Shelton Benjamin, um, which, of course, I feel like they're going to eventually set up a feud between Gable and Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan set to come back from injury, I would say, probably by... Maybe he'll show up at the Greatest Royal Rumble, actually. That'd be my early prediction, and we will be discussing the Greatest Royal Rumble here soon. This was pretty awesome to see, and also kind of tipped the hand of knowing what the move was. Riot Squad debuts on Smack or on Raw. Sorry, they did not <laughs> debut on SmackDown. They debuted on Raw, coming from SmackDown. Uh, and, you know... This is very interesting. Again, setting the cards up. Ruby Riot and company are moving their way up the food chain very fast. And uh, you're like, wow, Absolution Riot Squad, same show. That's crazy. We'll get into that soon. Uh, another duo, a couple, really three tag teams also got drafted to Raw. None of which, I actually take that back because I feel like um, Bre the one team, Breezango, did in fact, debut on Raw and beat the bar, no less, which was incredible. Um, but Mojo Rowley and Zack Ryder both got drafted. They were web special drafts or some shit or, or you know, brought over in the shakeup. And then Mike Kanellis, which, man, um, uh, Mike Kanellis is pretty much done nothing. And then also other people that debuted after this on Monday Night Raw. These are a couple call-ups and a returning star. I'm sure you guys are well aware of it by now, especially considering we're a little bit further in on this, but we had Bobby Lashley making his return a long time from NXT. Of course, I uh, want to mention that uh, it seems like maybe Impact Wrestling is finding a way to work with WWE, and things might be changing in the wrestling world here, and I'll, get, we'll, I'll briefly discuss that too. We're going to fuck gonna the sodomites in the... What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Dick, and I am with Tyler, as always. Fat young John Stamos here. How you doing, Tyler? I'm fat young John Stamos, <laughs> so I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you've been you've been having a good last couple days. I've had a good week. <sighs> no panda for you. No panda. No mammy panda. No <laughs> no furor. But uh, no there is some uh, there is some controversy with the old panda. Oh. The old panda may be with child. What? Yep. What? Yep. Pandas can't reproduce, though, because they're too dumb. They're No, no, no. It's not that they're dumb. It's that they're fucking lazy. They are literally That's too, what I'm saying. They're too, too lazy they to procreate. They are literally too dumb to have a sex drive. Like, yeah. they have, You're they not have wrong. literally no sex drive. 
So they they're smart enough to eat. Yeah, that's that's the only thing they're good at. Is they eating. shit too. <laughs> Pandas don't have a sex drive, so they they they're literally too dumb to save their own species. But uh, the the rumor going around is after four pregnancy tests, she still doesn't know if she's pregnant or not because she can't read the test. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Oh, this is fuck. This is what I heard. This today. is real life. This is what I heard today. This is real life. This somebody's fucking procreating with this thing. That's what I said. That's what I said to Richard. I said because he was talking to me. He's like, I can't believe she's married. I'm like, you know what that means, right? He's like, what's that mean? <laughs> he I mean, he had to ask. Right. He had to ask. He had to ask. So I'm like, dude, that means someone is stupid enough to marry her. There was someone out. There was someone else out there, just as dumb as as her, like Joe. <laughs> so like, but ugh. going even farther than that, there's somebody out there that's disgusting enough that finds her sexually attractive enough to procreate with her. We don't need to go down the panda rabbit hole. We don't. But uh, we got some shit. We 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 I'm got some really, shit. I'm getting a lot better about, you know, like writing shit down to talk about. You actually brought the topic list this week. I did not. I did last week, too. Well, we both had one. We both had one. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. I didn't do shit this week, so. Like, like last week, like, we we both came prepared. We both had stuff we wanted to talk about. I'm putting this all on you, pal. And to this week, I I did the exact same thing, and I'm just like, I got shit I want to talk about. Doesn't it feel nice to be organized? Kind of, yeah. Like I don't, I feel, oh, hell yeah, man. I feel much less awkward. I feel, I feel like I can actually talk about shit or oh, give you, yeah. or give you shit to talk about. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's the key. Just <laughs> oh, give yeah. me a topic, and I'll talk oh, yeah. about it. <laughs> so, um, first off, I would like to uh, mention something. So something really terrible happened last Friday, on Friday the thirteenth of all, of all days. That fucking day, man. I know. Um. So, good friends of mine, a band called Only Human. They're from Frankfurt. Uh, they practice here in town at their friend uh, Ed's house. I can't remember his last name, but cool dude. Uh. So last Friday, late Friday night, uh, his house burned down. And so did their practice space, and so did all their gear. They have no gear, and he has no home. Him, his wife, his family, no home. Uh, so, um, Mr. Nate Phillips, pod daddy, pod father, pod daddy, uh, he reached out to me Sunday. He's like, hey, I'm sure you've seen the news with Ryan, only humans bass player. Uh, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Nate. So, uh, which he did, Ryan hadn't posted much around, but I guess he, by that point he had said something on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So Nate reached out to me, reached out to Nick. Uh, apparently, uh, Ryan reached out to Nick as well. Nick Maxson, Bruise with Dudes, the Doom Room. Y'all know him on the network. Um. He be that guy. He be that guy. So we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to, you know, help these guys out, help Ed out, get his home get get a new home and yeah and i mean nothing can replace your home that's that's a place you live that's well place. your home can be replaced your home can be replaced your family cannot be You're, replaced you are correct, so but you know luckily that, luckily nobody was hurt yes exactly nobody that, was that's hurt. the important part They're, apparently their pet their pets are are fine as well good uh but you know i, I mean as much i mean yes 
first and foremost, everybody's safe. But I mean, that's your home. Mm-hmm. That's that's some place that you find comfort and you lay your head to rest. You know. Yeah, you, you kind of you can't replace that feeling, right? Uh, so, and that sucks. That really sucks. So, uh, they're gonna get a GoFundMe page going up, and uh, hopefully get some get some donations, whatever whatever you guys can get. Whenever that's up, uh, the podcastrophy page will be posting that. Uh, next week, we're gonna try to get Ryan and one or two of the other guys on. Uh, so they can talk about it. They can talk about, it, and they can just shoot the shit with us, you know, because that's what we love to do here on Podcastrophy. I have a fundraiser idea. What's that? So we we do like a dunk tank thing. Yeah. Where instead of like us throwing balls at a target and you going in a, a giant tub of water, we literally just throw balls. We throw stuff at you really hard. You're you're saying me specifically? Yes, you. Why can't you be involved in this? Because I throw things a lot harder than you. <laughs> I'm not, oh, no, I mean, I'm saying people throw stuff at us. I'm the star of the show. (laughs) (sighs) No one one wants me to be hurt. Everyone wants you to be hurt. That is half fair. It is half fair. (laughs) (laughs) At least I didn't say, like, throw large, heavy objects specifically at your nutsack. I could have said that. I could have went really cool. I think it's a given everybody's going to throw shit at my... At my crotch. Yes. Well, I also could have said I, we could just tattoo you and put you in a camp. <laughs> that I already, mean, that I, already happened to my ancestors, pal. Yeah, you are fucking Polish. I, so. I, I have found out I am Polish. I have Polish heritage. How's that make you feel? It that makes me feel great. Because that your fucking ancestors had because, enough ball so, sack to charge German tanks with swords and fucking cavalry. Fuck yeah. So... I already I already mentioned it uh, on last week's episode of Podcastrophy. I'm name dropping the shit out of this show today. Yeah, you are. Uh, last week I mentioned that I went to Ohio to my mother's and watched uh, Nate Phillips band and Veronica and all the their band Walk Among Us. And so I was just shooting the shit with my mom in the kitchen, and I happened to mention. Some I made a joke about my nose. I was like, "Yeah, I got this new." Uh, she because she 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 mentioned that uh, she's like, "You got the same exact nose as me. Like you get it from me." I'm like, "I know. It's this damn Jew nose." She's like, "Yeah, more Polish." I'm like, oh, "Are we Polish?" <laughs> I I I'm so excited. You're excited to be Polish. I've never totally. heard one, I've never heard someone say totally that. Excited the to be Polish, Polish aren't even excited to say that. <laughs> I've been to Poland. They hate everyone. <laughs> They hate themselves. Poland is a country of self-loathing. It is. It really is. See, so I went to Poland with my dad. Episode title right there. Poland, the country of self-loathing. The uh, like, it's gonna be either that or just the country of self-loathing. You never know what else we're gonna have throughout the episode. Um. Long story short, jot that down. Germans love this specific variety of mushroom that it's only found in Eastern Europe. Germans flock to Poland every year to buy pound after pound of this mushroom. It's called a Pfefferlinger in German. I like that name. Yeah, it's a good name. But uh, every summer when I would be in Germany, we would take trips to Poland to buy as much of this fucking mushroom as we could because my stepmother is from East Germany. That was the communist side for you people who don't know that Germany used to be divided in two. But um, Fucking millennials. Fucking millennials. 
fuck us. Fuck us. <laughs> but um, the Polish are big fans of making their own vodka. It's actually more of a trend than the moonshiners here. But it's just making alcohol in your home is very dangerous because you can literally kill yourself. Not to mention, you know, go blind, become sterile, die. But uh, the Polish are very good at making vodka. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. We got a little, we get, we tangented a little bit there. Well, we were in <laughs> such a negative spot. It was just, uh, I get it. I get I, it. Yeah. I, had, I had to act stupid. Not to take anything away from the tragedy because yeah. it is a tragedy. And luckily, luckily, no one was hurt. Yeah, thankfully. nothing, nothing truly precious was lost. Yeah. A home can be replaced. You know, and that—that's one of the first things Ryan said was he's like, you know what? We may have lost thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of gear, but they lost their home, mm-hmm. and but and they're okay. That—that's the, the, the important part. Important part is they are okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So with that being said, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna throw up a, a GoFundMe page. So, uh, anybody that can help out can help out, and. I'm going to donate to it. Um, I think we're going to try to throw a benefit show. is literature so today we're playing a bookish edition of never have i ever so a few months ago i asked my followers over on a bibliophiles book blog instagram and you guys came up with a whopping 62 questions so we thought it would make um for a fun episode for you guys to get to know our bookish selves so we'll just dive right into it and we'll go right into the first question so never have i ever played never have i ever bookish edition before i have (laughs) (laughs) we both have (laughs) we both have last week when we attempted to record this (laughs) this podcast (laughs) so yeah yeah my my microphone cut out before we actually even started because we always talk prior to actually making it official so it just sounded like mish was crazy and just talking, talking and to then, myself <laughs> <laughs> so this is our second go around at the never have i ever bookish edition Which, so yeah if you're hearing this it means there was no technical difficulties this time this time can't speak for the past. <clears throat> Number two, never have I ever cried while reading a book. I have many times, like mm-hmm. The Fault in Our Stars, Harry Potter, pretty much any book that has a mildly sad part, I'm bawling. <laughs> or like a really, really happy part for me. Yeah. I, I cry all the time when I read. All the time. Every book. Like, you just need a special book cover that has tissues on the outside of it. <laughs> yes, or like a, make like a, some sort of bookmark, like Kleenex box holder. Right. 
Never have I ever claimed I've read a book that I didn't actually read. <clears throat> so when I was younger, I had a friend that was obsessed with Pride and Prejudice. She would talk about it nonstop, and she was always like, oh my gosh, don't you love it? And I, all I, I had done was watch the movie. But yeah, I was like, yeah, of course I read it. I love it. Oh my god, it's great. But I was like 13, so yeah, I have. I haven't, because... I always figure, even if I did, the next thing they're going to be is like, let's talk about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, bye. <laughs> I, I knew enough of the plot points from the movie, so I was able to fake it pretty well. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> now you've actually read it. I have. That is a question for later. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Never have I ever started a conversation with someone in public reading a book that I've read. No. I have social anxiety. I'm not a people person. My social skills and my speaking skills, clearly, social. suck. <laughs> social skills. I have never either. I am way too shy for that type of shit. I don't even know how you would go up to someone and just be like, so that book, though. Hey, how do you even start that, that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Like, Never have I ever thrown a book across the room. I have. Only a few times, just because I'm too scared that I'd, like, with my luck, break my TV or something. But I have. <laughs> I have a few times, but it's becoming less and less with my age. <laughs> yeah. You're maturing. Yeah. Now, if a book really sucks and I don't care about its well-being that much, could be a separate story. <laughs> or if it just really pissed you off. <laughs> and Brianna. No. <laughs> Never have I ever fixed books at a bookstore because they were out of place or arranged in the wrong order. Yes, and I actually did that this weekend. <laughs> did you? Yes. We're at Half Price Books, and... God, I don't, it's a series I have not read by Stephanie, whatever. Anyway, I always, I've seen the book order and it was going from the latest book was first down. I was like, that's just not okay with me. Uh, it's not. I like the no. first book. So I switched them all on the floor while I was <laughs> looking at all the other books. I have also done this, but I've stopped more recently just because my husband used to look at me like I was absolutely insane every time I would do it and I was like maybe I am crazy <laughs> so I've done it but I've stopped <laughs> I, I haven't and I don't know if maybe at half price books they want the newest one first but that makes no sense to me that was the no. only series that I saw because then people backwards. are going to be like grabbing the first one and being like oh here's the first book and that's the third book <laughs> Never have I ever bought a book just to be able to say that I own that book. I have, and that is literally why I have the Harry Potter illustrated editions, because I'll probably never read them. I just wanted to own them. Yeah. But we will look at them. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I don't plan on reading from them either. I can't imagine <laughs> holding that giant book and reading the whole thing just by myself. I think I would feel like a child, like, because it's, like, such a big book, I'd have it, like, on my lap. <laughs> How big do you think that the next one's going to be? 
Oh my goodness. Because that's going into the bigger books too. Yeah, or Order of the Phoenix is going to be quite the illustrated edition. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they'll like fit more words on one page. Like maybe it'll just be longer story pages. I guess we'll see. <laughs> Never have I ever dropped a book in the bathtub. I have not. I don't read in the bathtub with actual books. Me I, neither. I have never. I've tried it once, and I instantly felt like I'm like, I feel like the pages are getting wet just from like this. So that last, yeah, that lasted a whole three minutes, and it was just no. <laughs> no, I'm way too scared. I wouldn't. I would be too scared to drop the book. I would never read in the bathtub. Because not only do you lose your spot, <laughs> you have to go buy another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never have I ever spilled something on one of my books. I have, but usually when I do, it's basically just coffee, because that's usually all I drink. Um, but it's also just because, like, I have my coffee in my hand, and the book in the other hand, and then my kids will come and, like, bump into me, so I'll, like, splash it, you know. It's not, it's never my fault, though. <laughs> I've never spilled something. My kids have made me spill something. Or my dog has made me spill something. I have spilled things. Usually on the accord of my dog. And one time I put my book in my backpack along with a water bottle that was I thought was sealed. Mm -hmm. But my husband took a drink out of it, put it back in my backpack without knowing <laughs> you have to make sure that it's locked so it doesn't leak everywhere. And it got pretty much all over the top. You can read everything except the page numbers and, like, where the title and the author is listed on top of the page. But as far as the actual text, it's good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's lucky. Yeah, it just stops right above. <laughs> Which book was it? The Fault in Our Stars. Mm. I've had two Fault in Our Stars books just be... <laughs> Ruined, kind of. <laughs> oh no! But, and I've spilt coffee. A lot of like running around, my dog will bump into me. It's like, well, you ah, stayed. <laughs> Little bit of character. <laughs> Never have I ever written a book. I have not written a full book. Like, I've dabbled in writing, but mm -hmm. I can't say I've finished a novel by any means. I have never um, succeeded in writing a book. I've attempted twice, but I've never, never done it. Never have I ever recommended a book that I absolutely hated. Okay, I never have, and I wouldn't. Just because I see no point in recommending books that I don't like. Yeah. I, I don't see why anyone would unless you want to waste that person's life on something. <laughs> <laughs> waste their life? <laughs> yeah. There's some books that, you know, you read them and you're like, wow, I just wasted two hours of my life. It's time for Brews with Dudes.
Ah, juicy. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm your host, Nick. I'm sitting here with Brett once again. Hello, hello. And we are sitting here also with Caleb. Hey, uh... Caleb is a first-timer on Brews with Dudes. This is also, I've heard, the first time he has ever drank anything. Not just beer. He's never drank liquid before. This will be his first time ingesting liquid. Is that's, that correct? Wow. That's true. That's true. Wow. I am a dry creature. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Yeah. Man, that's man. why it's what the R&D department told me about Caleb. <laughs> that's the only information they have for me this time. Um, so what, what do we have tonight? What are we starting off with? This is from uh, Noon Whistle up in Lombard, Illinois. What what is what does the can say over there? Brett? This is this is the Smack This Black Sour Ale. Uh, it's uh, sitting at about five percent alcohol by volume, uh, and it says notes of burnt chocolate on the nose, followed by an even sweetness and a clean sour, leaving you wanting more. And it, hmm. I haven't seen a sour that ever looked like this. Now, when when something is described as this is going to leave you wanting more, it's like that. That's not what I want at all. <laughs> I want something that's going to leave me satisfied, not going. Well, wish I had some more. <laughs> I guess there's a couple of things that are like that. But yeah, I guess I could give into capitalism a little bit, just a little bit, every now and again. All right. Well, let's go diving let's into see. this. Let's see what we got here. Oh wow! Hmm, I like that. I do. It's not it's not fruity. Uh, just over there on the couch, she she was uh, she doesn't have a mic, but she took she said she did not like it because she likes fruity sours and something about the sourness. I'm still getting it's still fruity to me. Maybe I need to switch yeah. it around a little more to get that chocolateiness. I do. It's de- I got, it definitely looks chocolatey. I got the chocolatey flavor from. From sniffing it, the smell, initially, yeah. But yeah, as soon as it hit my mouth, it was. I guess I got I get a little bit of hint of chocolate, but I definitely get that tart sour mm-hmm. almost right away, and it almost rides it through the entire experience. But definitely, the moment it hits your tongue, I'm not getting much chocolate. I'm getting just that that tartness. Yeah, that's interesting because I'm getting the the chocolate uh, really on the back of my tongue. Like hmm. as soon as it washes down, like it finishes, like yeah, okay. Taste. I would, I agree with that. It almost feels like I ate a piece of chocolate, like that residual chocolate that kind of just hangs behind. The beer is kind of leaving that, but I would not guess by smelling it that it's going to be sour at all. It just smells no. like straight chocolate, and it looks like a stout. Like it, it looks like a like a pretty hefty stout, um, but it. It drinks pretty light. Like, this is a really good sour. Caleb, have you ever had sours before? Uh, not really. Not really. I I don't have much experience with sours. I've been uh, drinking a lot of IPAs recently and in, like, a lot when I was living in Los Angeles. They just had amazing IPAs, so that's all I drank. I didn't really explore any other beers but besides, like, stouts. Mm. That was us for the past... Four years. Yeah, since there's returned. always another IPA to try. Yeah. And recently, like, we, I will say, uh, Noon Whistle was on our trip to Chicago uh, this past Friday um, to see Protest the Hero. And we had a 
couple brewing companies. Noon Whistle was on the list. Um, and we, you will actually have a, an episode being aired with the head brewer, Paul. Um, so that's pretty cool. We sat down outside with them and chatted. Uh, so this episode's mainly Noon Whistle right yeah. now, unless if we want more later. Unless we decide after we've drank these five or six beers, like, maybe we need more, which happens. It does. It happens more often than it you does. think. So We set the bar low for ourselves today. I think we're going to have a good time, though. So, Caleb, you're from, you are from you. say you lived in Los Angeles? Is uh, that it? Yeah, the past uh, year and a half to two years, it was about uh, 20 months that I lived in Los Angeles. Cool. What was, what was your favorite? Did you go to brewing companies or just like go to liquor stores and get Oh, uh, brewing companies. There was one right in Glendale uh, called the Golden Road Brewing. They'd made an amazing double IPA, uh, Wolf Among the Weeds. Hmm. They Sounds had a cool. whole uh, wolf-themed uh, uh, IPA release. Cool. Yeah, I like I like it when they do like series. Like they had like a wolf series, different different wolves. This is the Smack series. Um, we they had we had two different ones on tap there. You had one and I had one. Yeah. Um, you had the one. I can't remember the name of it. it was It was pretty just a run of the mill sour, but not anything like over the top sour like uh, the Destile that we had that one time. Right. Um, I guess the, we we talked about both of these sours in the did. episode with the brewer. But. We did. Um, but yeah, and then the other one was the red sour, which was really cool, um, which surprised me. So these guys seem pretty innovative when it comes to their brews and, and their style. Like I, I've never heard of a black sour. I've heard of yeah. the black IPAs recently. I've seen some of those and tried some of those. When we were at that, when we were at the bottom lounge, yeah, we were looking under because they had a menu that had assorted it by the styles. So we were looking for something dark. So we went to the Stouts, and it was Pipeworks. It was a Pipeworks. They said yeah. it was a black, black something. It was, or a, another. it was a black IPA. Um, it didn't say black IPA because we would have known. Oh, it didn't say so it on it the said, menu. Yeah, it said something different on the menu, but it was yeah. under the Stout. So we ordered it, and it was a black IPA, which is not a Stout at all. No, like, not at all. It wasn't bad. It was, but it's it was not, okay, but it's not what I wanted. I wasn't feeling that. No, I was we, we had not out. had we had not had any darker beer at all that day. It was all IPAs and sours. And then we had the uh, Ballast Point Victory at Sea that the Imperial one. Porter. That mm. one was good. I love oh yeah. That one. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so good. I've never had an Imperial Porter. Me neither. It was fantastic, and the artwork was super cool. Yeah, I definitely enjoy some Ballast Point. I like all their Sculpins. Yeah. Yeah, Sculpins. I really like their Grapefruit IPA. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I drank that the entire last, uh, two years ago, the entire summer. Just That was the, the, the go-to. Yeah. That's what, last summer for me was uh, all-day IPA. Yeah. Yep. We drank so much all-day IPA from Founders, if you had that oh, one. Oh, my gosh. I haven't. It's, it's so, it's maybe yeah. 5%. Like, it's not very much at all, but it's so tasty. It's got that bite, but it's still just that light crispiness. It's not going to sit heavy during a hot day, so it's definitely really good. One that I would like to get for a summer day is that uh, the one I got after we finished the episode. It was the grapefruit wheat ale. Yes, and that one was it, tasty. It was a wheat ale 
So like think of almost like Blue Moon style, like a wheat style beer, but brewed with grapefruit, and it almost had a sour beer like connotation to it, like the the taste behind it. So it was it was awesome. I wish they had some of that to go. We didn't. I didn't see any. We got quite a bit of things. We spent them. a lot of money on beer. Yes, yes we did, <laughs> and it was worth it. It sure it was. was totally worth it. You know the sacrifices that we have to do for this nation. Right. <laughs> We're doing a just cause here, all right? We're the heroes that America deserves. Not necessarily the ones that they want right now. <laughs> or need. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm still really enjoying this. It's pretty good. Yeah, it has a, it has a very pleasant uh, sourness that... that I like that it works really well with a certain type of bitterness. It's not it's it's not too tart or too sour. Like. That's that's my thing with sours. Is if it's just over the top just makes you pucker so much that it's just not enjoyable and it it, it had, feels so sugary in my in my stomach. This is good. I've had one of those. I don't remember who it was by. But it was one of the first sours I ever, I ever had, and it was so bad that I couldn't even finish the beer. Yeah, no, I was just same. like, holy shit! Like, what? This doesn't taste like beer. It's just fucking unbelievably sour. Damn that person! With that with sold it to me. <laughs> with with most sours, I would never drink a full pint of it. I I could with this, and I wouldn't get tired of it throughout the entire beer and it wouldn't upset my stomach at all so i think i think this one would be a good one for me to drink an entire pint of we challenge the theory and just yeah drink like a couple six packs of it 